Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome in, everybody, to the Flagship Podcast. I am Chip Brown, joined by our fearless leader at Horns 24-7, managing editor Taylor Estes. Taylor, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Chip. How about you? Well, I'm looking at my trusty watch here, and I see that we are just under three weeks from the beginning of the season. Are you ready? September 12th, Texas UTEP. Oh, Nelly. I am absolutely ready. Any type of football right now, I'm totally ready for. I mean, we're not even at practice, so we haven't really been able to see anything, which is very unique because we at least get like a couple of open practice windows, um, you know, usually during the spring and the fall. And we haven't seen this team since the Alamo Bowl. So definitely ready. They're they're cloaked in a shroud of mystery. (laughs) But we will... uh, you know, of course, we have our sources, and that's what we do over at Horns 24-7. We just feed insiders. That's what we do. We, we just feed them inside information, make them all insiders like us. And, uh, and we love doing that. And we hope that uh, if you're not a member at Horns 24-7, that you come on in, especially you run out of time because we're, we got our 10th anniversary special going on, 50% off annual membership, and you want the annual membership, because then you get VIP access to all the team sites on the 24-7 Sports Network. So you can check in on all your favorite teams. You can check in on, you know, the SEC and the ACC, who, you know, we're calling them now the the Power Three. Yeah, seriously. Forget the Power Five, Taylor. It's the Big 12. It's the SEC and the ACC. These are the, the last powers standing, so Power Three. Yep, the trio, the trio of teams here. And and yeah, if you, uh, you know, you get access, as Chip mentioned, to all of the 24-7 sports sites and, you know, Texas plays, you know, nine Big 12 teams that all have team sites. So you can, you know, check in with how uh, all of those schools are going through, um, you know, preseason camp leading up to the season. So definitely take advantage of that while it's still, it's, uh, I believe it ends August 31st at 10.59 p.m. Central. So definitely get on that. Okay, and we got a loaded show. We're going to get into the second scrimmage of fall camp. This is the big scrimmage because um, this is when the veterans all go at it and and then they start to scale back as we head toward game week. Um, we'll get into the, the winners and maybe losers from uh, scrimmage number two of fall camp, including the, the, the star of the show who you might not necessarily, uh, it might not be the first name that races to your mind, and then, of course, we will we will get into some of the position groups and and how they're doing and and our concerns about what's going on there. And then, of course, your favorite, love it or leave it. And Taylor, before we we plunge into our our big headline on the second scrimmage of fall camp, um, everyone needs to check out our interview with Bob Bowlesby, the Big Twelve Commissioner, uh, because that's kind of the latest update on where things are. 
with the power three heading into, uh, you know, as the power three continue to plan for a fall football schedule. And, and Bob Bowlesby did say in that interview that if there is no football, from what he's hearing from the Big 12 campuses, it's likely there will be no other sports for the entire 2021 academic year. That's how vital um, everything is right now and, and all the protocols and everything that's, that, that are in place to try to ensure the, the student-athlete's safety for fall sports, including football. So with that, with that uh, let's get into the, the big headline, Taylor, and that is the second scrimmage of fall camp. This is, you know, in the NFL, you have the third preseason game. That's the one where the veterans play in, in at least a quarter or whatever, and everyone pays attention to who, what the lineup is and everything. And then the last one, no one pays attention because it's all young guys. Well, right. that's kind of what we're looking at here with Texas and, and Roshan Johnson. I mean, this uh, I immediately reached out to sources on Saturday, and everyone was peppering me with Roshan, Rojo, Rosh. I'm like, whoa, what's going on here? And you know, the moral of the story is he had some big runs. Uh, he scored a touchdown. He's catching passes. But really, this is sort of a culmination of a camp uh, of a guy who made the move from quarterback to running back and showed last year that he can make plays. My God, Texas's offense against Oklahoma was completely dead until Rashawn Johnson started making some plays in the third quarter. And, and he's just become more decisive, more uh, determined. He's in great shape. He's worked on his catching. He's trying to be everything that uh, Tom Herman wants and Mike Yurcich wants in a in a running back. And Taylor, as of right now, he's running back one on this football team. And think about that. For I mean, everyone was like, "Oh, lo- that's so nice of Rojo to make the move from quarterback to running back. That's so unselfish. He's never going to see the field, but that's so nice of him." Right. And now he's on a you know in a running back room with Keontae Ingram. And Bijan Robinson, he's running back number one right now. I mean, that's it. It's surprising a little bit, I think, Chip. But the reality is, with um, just seeing how quickly he really just took to the running back position last year. I mean, you know, this was not a planned thing. He was added for depth, and his athleticism showed immediately. And it's it's more interesting, I guess, a little bit more so that. Roshan Johnson had talked about how he wanted to move back to quarterback. And I think the Texas staff, um, you know, especially after last season was kind of like, uh, we may need you. This is, you want to see the field. This is kind of where you're going to play. And I mean, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing at any time a player that has the athleticism of Roshan Johnson really emerges as a standout player. Now, if this was a situation where, say it was a walk-on that was the one emerging in fall camp, then you may be like, what's going on? And that's not knock-on walk-ons, just they're walk-ons, you know, for a reason a lot of times. And so if they're stepping up and taking over for, you know, former four-star, five-star recruits that have done well previously, that's a bad sign, you know, shows that uh, they're going in the, the opposite direction of where they would want to. So I think that, you know, it's interesting that he has emerged, but I believe that, you know, Keontae Ingram has had a little bit of injury issues throughout his career. I mean, how healthy is he right now, Chip? And that's, I think, probably the question on a lot of people's minds just because 
of how banged up he has been, you know, he was over the last uh, two years. Yeah, he did not uh, participate in this scrimmage on Saturday. He had an upper respiratory infection, I'm told, not COVID-19. But we know that he's been battling a hamstring injury since April. Um, It's been off and on for him, but it's not been the camp that he's wanted. And then Bijan Robinson, who's looked great, had a bit of a tight groin muscle. And so they didn't, they didn't, you know, as a precaution, they held him out of, of the, uh, the scrimmage, but he's apparently doing fine in practice this week. So, um, you know, Rashawn Johnson had the stage to himself and did not waste the opportunity. And, you know, Texas football has released some clips from the scrimmage, real quick clips here and there, but it's clear that, when you see Rashawn Johnson, this guy has so much confidence and belief in himself. And then you see him put in the work and, you know, Dan Neal, I always defer to Dan Neal because Dan Neal blocked for Ricky Williams, Priest Holmes, 2000 yard rusher, Terrell Davis, uh, in, in Super Bowl winning seasons. And he, he knows running backs like you can't believe. And I asked him about Rashawn Johnson, of course, Dan Neal, who's, all-American at the University of Texas. He's on the ballot for the College Football Hall of Fame this year. He said, what you love as an offensive lineman is a running back who is decisive, Mm -hmm. who sees the crease, makes his cut, and goes, and just commits. And sometimes he's right, sometimes he's wrong, but by the level of determination and commitment, he can make something out of nothing. Right. And and that's what we've seen from Rashawn Johnson. I mean, that stuff is kind of God given and he's just got that instinct and he sees the crease. He makes his cut. He goes and he runs strong. You know, he's not he's not dancing. He's not twisting. He's not turning. He he gets upfield and falls forward. Cedric Benson, God bless him and God rest his soul. The thing that you loved about Cedric Benson he got north and south, and he fell forward. He got you four yards seemingly every time. And, and here's Rashawn Johnson, who got you 5.3 yards as a first-time running back last year, seven rushing touchdowns. And he has the trust of his teammates. And the fact that he's put in the work to catch the football and I think is an example for everyone on this team. When your hardest workers are your best players, that's when the magic happens. And when everyone's looking at this guy saying, Hey, yeah, I'll switch positions. I'll I'll take one for the team. And now, now he could be the starting running back on September 12th, depending on how Keontae Ingram and Bijan Robinson finish this camp. That's that's a tribute to everything he's worked for. And I I think people look at it and say, you know what, this guy was a you know top dual threat quarterback, and he's big and strong. Let's go. Yeah. No, no doubt about it. And don't forget, he he can be a little. Shifty as well, you know. Um, I mean, I know Tom Herman wasn't a big fan of it, but there were instances where he hurdled guys last year. And you know, every coach will probably, you know, coach stay on your feet as much as you can because you, you know, open yourself up for potential injury by doing so. But you know, it just I think that also just kind of showed his 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 just um, determination really to make sure to get those extra yards and not you know just. Uh, once you get hit, you know, I feel, I feel like Texas fans for a while have seen a lot of running backs where, you know, it's like they get their jersey touched and then they're on the ground um, over the last probably 10 years. So I think this is definitely a, a good sign 
for Texas. And, you know, if Keontae Ingram can get healthy, it never hurts to have multiple options at running back. I mean, that's a position that it's hard to really carry the ball or be on the field the entire game. I mean, it, it's a beat down on your body. So, you know, any type of solid rotation is a good thing. So I think, you know, if Keontae Ingram especially can really stay healthy, come back and um, play the way he has he's shown at times during his time at Texas, then this could be a lethal backfield. Absolutely. And, uh, and look, they're a little, they're a little thin at that position. I mean, you'd like to have four Mm -hmm. running backs at at all times. I mean, last year we saw with injuries that, um, that, that led up to Rashawn Johnson switching from quarterback to running back that they needed some insurance policies and Texas is still in the portal looking for grad transfers at uh, at linebacker, wide receiver, and running back. So we'll you know we'll continue to monitor that for you over at Horns twenty four seven. But Taylor, um, a couple other notes: wide receiver uh, guys are you know we're banged up. Not a lot of names that you would expect. Um, uh, well, some of the names you would expect to see on the field were not on the field for the scrimmage. Uh, Jordan Whittington, Brennan Eagles, I'm told. Uh, Tariq Black and Jake Smith were the standouts at receiver in the scrimmage in part because they were like the only healthy veteran guys uh, out there. But, um, you know, some tough news at that receiver position because Calvante Dixon, the younger brother of Keontae Ingram, uh, is having a great camp and he sprained his ankle. And so he missed the scrimmage on Saturday and is going to be out another week or two. And he's a guy who was turning some heads with his speed and his ability uh, with the football uh, yards after the catch. And Texas is in desperate need of more of that with, with the loss of Devin Duvernay and Colin Johnson. They need guys who can take a short pass and turn it into a into you know to a house call uh the way that uh, Mike Yersich had with receivers uh like Tylen Wallace at Oklahoma State so um you know it, it was kind of a mixed bag for the wide receivers and we mentioned that Texas is in the portal looking for another uh receiver grad transfer and that's uh you know it's a little cause for concern but I think once you get all these guys healthy Brandon Eagles Jordan Whittington, Jake Smith, Tariq Black, Joshua Moore, Calvante Dixon, and then you got Marcus Washington and these others who are trying to, you know, break through. The talent is there. Right. You just want to see it come together quickly. Yeah, no doubt. And that's one thing you, we've talked about a lot on the flagship podcast has been Texas has done a good job at recruiting at the receiver position. It's just the you know, for a while, they just had those veteran guys that were the the name the you know household names. Whether it was Lil Jordan Humphrey or Colin Johnson or Devin Duvernay, and so now they kind of don't have that. But it doesn't mean that they don't have receivers. You know, they uh, I, I guess a lot of the credit actually goes to Drew Maringer and uh, Tim Beck, the former assistant coaches on the offense. I mean, they they did a really good job at recruiting at that position. So now it's just a matter of definitely keeping guys healthy and making sure that they're getting developed now that they are on campus and now that they are able to practice and being one of the you know few teams that does have a season coming up 
all eyes are going to be on them. I mean, this is if the college football season goes smoothly where there aren't hiccups or cancellations midseason, the teams that are playing have a really big opportunity to make a name for themselves because honestly, the field is a lot smaller than it usually is. You know, I think this could be an opportunity for guys who, um, you know, have the, op- the, you know, the talent there, but maybe not get looked at all the thing, uh, you know, all the time, like some of the headline type of best players in the country. This could be the year where guys really start to emerge if they take the opportunity to do so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other position, you know, of concern uh, that Tom Herman expressed uh, at the beginning of the camp and continues to be is at linebacker. Um, you've got Joseph Osai, who's technically a linebacker, that jack position, um, but that's really a stand-up defensive end in Chris Ash's four-man front. So you're looking at Deli a day away at middle linebacker and Juwan Mitchell backing him up. and and then you've got uh, DeMarvin Overshawn trying to break through at weak side linebacker. Remember, he was not here for voluntary workouts. He came in late. He was light, I was told. Um, and that uh, is kind of the opposite of what I've heard about Marcus Tillman, who's coming off the knee injury and came in heavy. Right. So they're trying to figure it out at linebacker and one thing, one name that continues to keep coming up when I'm talking to sources is freshman Jalen Ford. Now, I'm hearing, you know, he may not start at the beginning of the season, but this guy could be a starter at some point during the season because he's showing uh, what they want in terms of the instincts and, um, you know, the playmaking ability. Uh, David Benda as well is a name that I'm hearing. Uh, athletic needs to maybe you know pick pick up the defense a little bit more mentally still a little slow so he's hesitating but once he commits he's showing that burst and showing that athleticism that they need so still a little bit of a work in progress at the linebacker position but overall I'm told that position has performed well and let's be honest if you've got a defensive line that's loaded like Texas has with you know, Taquan Graham, Keandre Coburn, Coburn, Moro Jomo, Tavondre Sweat, Alfred Collins, Vernon Broughton. That that defensive line can hide a lot of sins from your linebacker core, and if you have really good play in the secondary, those guys can also hide some sins from your linebackers. So, I don't. I'm not at any kind of red alert or panic stage at this point. For the, for the defense, I think they're I think they're going to be okay, and I think Delia a day away is better than people think. Um, and if Juwan Mitchell's backing him up, then uh, they got a couple of guys who can get it done there. Well, and it, I wonder what Delia day away's the how reliable he is, though. You know, I mean, he's he's been another one that has seems to be constantly on the injury report at least you know for the last um, you know since he's been at Texas and. You can't have that if Texas is this thin at linebacker chip. I mean, that's probably why Texas is even more so looking in the the portal. Because let's be honest, look at what happened to the defense last year. I mean, I know that a lot of there was a number of issues, injuries totally hurt the whole situation. But another thing that hurt was there were not veteran linebackers, and the it was a huge, huge uh, strain on the defense. So this is definitely. Something that, you know, I don't know if it's going to be hard because right now 
these players didn't go through a full spring. They didn't go through the, the whole winter conditioning. They didn't go through the, the standard type of um, training and conditioning that teams typically do in a normal, you know, off season. So injuries are already probably a concern. I mean, I'm kind of like, they got to figure out a way to get these guys that have already kind of been plagued at these positions, their bodies ready for a season when they haven't had the, you know, full off season to try to get healthy and really maintain the strength that they need. Yeah, it's, um, it's gonna be fun to watch. I mean, we've got, uh, like we said, less than uh, three weeks to the start of the season and it's, it's coming up. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll keep you up to date on, on everything coming out of practice over at Horns 24-7, Taylor. Absolutely. Well, Chip, we're going to take a very short break here, and we mean very short, before we come back and discuss um, the Longhorns ranking in the preseason AP Top 25 poll. And then, of course, everybody's favorite segment, Love It or Leave It. We have some, uh, some really hot topics in Love It or Leave It this week, so definitely stay tuned. We will be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The AP Top 25 poll came out and Texas was one of the teams ranked. Now it was a, uh, you know, it was kind of an interesting poll because they included all teams, even though, you know, a lot of them in the top 25. They had the Big Ten and the Pac-12 in there. Right. Even though they've said, we're not playing this fall. Yeah, exactly. So this is going to be totally different once the season starts, but Texas will start the season as uh, the number 14 ranked team in the country by the AP poll, also the same ranking in the coaches poll. Uh, So that was some other news, you know, that came down earlier this week after the scrimmage. And um, I'm curious where that's going to be once week one of the season happens, Chip. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's going to completely change when those big 10 and Pac-12 schools drop out like Ohio State and Oregon, both top 10 teams. Mm -hmm. Texas will find itself in the top 10. I kind of like them at 14 Mm -hmm. uh, because it lets them kind of move out of the weeds, uh, get, get yourself together and, and see if you can, uh, you know, shock the, shock the nation the way that LSU did last year. Yeah. But Hey, that, that preseason stuff is, is for us. It's for us to have something to talk about. Uh, right now in the, in, in the latter part of August so that we have, you know, some good chit chat for the, for the folks listening to the flagship podcast and listening to Taylor and chip right here, you know, kind of, kind of sizing up the longhorns. Yeah, no doubt about it. Third straight year that, uh, or fourth straight year that Tom Herman will start the season as a preseason ranked team. So that's a, you know, that's better than what happened at Charlie Strong Vera. So that's progress, no doubt about it, but. I think we're ready. What do you think? I'm ready. You ready? All right. Yep. All right, Chip. So uh, love it or leave it. Yes, sir. So I'm going to pose these uh, statements to you. If you agree, you're going to love it. If you disagree, going to leave it and tell me why. So with that, let's start with the first question. And it is the University of Texas students are back on campus now. 
love it or leave it, everything will go smoothly with the students there with the team. Oh, this scares me to death. <laughs> I'm so leaving this. And you know why I'm leaving it, Taylor? Why? Because why? I'm seeing pictures of sorority rush going on at Texas and none of the gals have their masks on. They're just walking around like, oh, I got to look pretty for my sorority so I get picked and I don't want to be left out. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, guess what, sorority? Did you see that the sorority at Oklahoma State had 23, one, one house had 23 gals test positive for COVID-19. And Jay Hartzell, God bless that guy. I know. He's going to be the president, full-time president of the University of Texas. He was begging the students, please follow these protocols, wear your mask, socially distance, because your life is impacting others. And now selfishly for us here at the flagship podcast over at Horns 24-7 for Taylor Estes, for Chip Brown, we would like a football season, please. Yes. So yes. students, Buffy and Bobby, get your masks on. The sorority's got to pick you with a mask. It's just the way it is this year. Sorry, it's Mad Dog 2020. Everybody's got to get over it because, I mean, at North Carolina, they had hundreds of students and staff test positive, so they ended up going online only. And that that's a little bit – that's another thing we need to talk about, Taylor, because this week I did – uh, in the morning brew. Make sure you're checking that out every every weekday morning. Uh, talk to some different officials across the Big 12, and they they think their presidents would go for it if if there were hot spots and if it was safest for the students to go online only, like North Carolina did. That they would continue with fall sports because they've seen now that the protocols and testing they have in place is safe for the fall sport athletes. And it's almost their health and safety being impinged upon by the students. And that you also want what's best for the students, the general population of students. And that may end up being online only. We don't know. But that's something that uh, is out there. Yeah. I'm, I'm leaving this, Taylor. I'm scared to death of these students coming back and running around for sorority rush with no mask on. I agree with you. I think that most people would probably feel that way. I'm definitely leaving that. And I mean, there is a selfish part of me that kind of just so that we do have a football season and we do have, you know, something to talk about this fall, because it would be so weird not to for you and me, Chip, especially you. I mean, you've been covering Texas football and college football for how many years now? I mean, not having uh, a fall season with just Jesus was a boy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> 2000 BC, I think is when Chip started uh, covering football. But yeah, I mean, that selfishly, a part of me is kind of like, just move online. I mean, a lot of these, you know, I, I talked about this a lot on last Wednesday's episode of the flagship podcast. A lot of these student athletes already are in, enrolled in online courses prior to COVID-19. Nothing new. So let's just move it online and you know, let these let these athletes also. And, and the thing that we talked about also, Chip, is not having a football season could impact the careers of these football players. And how we've mentioned Joe Burrow, perfect example. He was the one that said, if I didn't have a football season, I'd be looking for a job. He was the number one overall draft pick. So this isn't just selfish about me and Chip wanting to have a football season so we have something to talk about. There are long-term potential, um, you know, consequences that could come if these athletes don't have the opportunity to play and show the NFL and possibly build a career in the, pro in the professional ranks playing football without, you know, a football season. So, well, and look at Alabama, 
Alabama, I guess 500 plus positive tests in their Alabama system, but most of them at Tuscaloosa. Nick Saban's out there saying, hey, do it for your fellow students. You know, look out for them. You want football? Alabama fans, you got to mask up and be smart. And so it was getting so out of control that uh, the mayor of Tuscaloosa shut down the bars for two weeks, Taylor. So why why should bars be open anyway? Well, right now, I mean, in small towns, I guess, I don't know. But I mean, look, the mayor of Tuscaloosa said, I'm taking matters into into my own hands. I'm going to take away this uh this temptation from the student athletes here so yeah um look this is the last well i say that every day is a hurdle for this college football season but everyone all big 12 officials from president to athletic director to coach have been anticipating the return of students to campus and expecting a surge a spike in positive tests so don't freak out they're ready for this but I'm just saying one possible scenario. Uh, it sounds like the Big 12 is open to would be continuing with fall sports, even if the general population of students goes to online only. Well, that's definitely good news. And I for, I for sure thought, isn't Nick Saban the mayor of Tuscaloosa? Why have I thought that all? And governor. <laughs> yeah. Of okay. What the heck? Sorry. Uh, if you're taking the role here. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Gus Malzahn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, Chip. Well... Um, the next one I have for you is love it or leave it. Texas fans should be concerned that Rashawn Johnson is having the best camp of the running backs. Okay. I might've said a couple weeks ago, I might've said, I love this, but I am, I'm, I'm leaving this. Right. I mean, I don't think they should be concerned mm-hmm. and, and here's why. Cause this guy is working like crazy. And he's a warrior and he is, he's a guy who wants it. I want this guy to get playing time. I want him to get a lot of playing time. As long as he's productive, keep giving him more playing time. Yeah. Because I love this kid's attitude. I mean, he just, he is no nonsense and his teammates love him. I'd take him all day. I mean, give me character and talent over just talent every day of the week. And and I, I don't think that that's a problem in the running back room. I think Bijan Robinson's a great guy. I think Keontae Ingram's a great guy. If anything, Keontae Ingram's too hard on himself and needs to just relax and right. have fun playing the game. But no, I, I, I'm going to leave this because I think Texas fans should feel okay. If Rashawn Johnson walks out as the starting running back against UTEP on September 12th, you should be like, oh, I can't wait to see what this guy does because he's put in that much work. Yeah. I agree with you. I'm going to leave it. I think that the bigger concern right now, as we mentioned earlier in the show, is more so the depth behind him. You know, I think that's the concern for running back right now, more so than which of the players are emerging from it. Um, you know, I think that the concern should be more, let's get Keontae Ingram back in the mix and see how well he can hold up more so than, you know, Roshan Johnson standing up. Because Texas fans have already seen what he can do. So it's not like this is... You know, I feel like I would. I feel like this would have been more of a concern last fall camp if he was emerging as a number one guy before anybody had seen what he could do. But you know, you know, overstepping Keontae Ingram before he even played a game—that, in my opinion, would be the concern. That was last year. 
he showed that he can play. He showed that he, you know, has the athleticism, that he is reliable, that he's consistent. I mean, that's definitely not a bad thing for a young guy to step up. Yeah, and 23 catches last year too. Yeah, yeah. And so he's not just a handed off type of guy. He can, you know, take a pass out of the backfield and run it through also. So I don't think this is a bad thing, but come on, Keontae, I've always been rooting for you. Let's uh, get you healthy and see what you got to do too. <laughs> that's right. That's right. All right, Chip. So the preseason AP poll had Texas ranked number 14 in the country, which matches the Longhorns ranking in the preseason coaches poll as well. Love it or leave it. The AP poll got it right with putting Texas at 14th. Um, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to love this for right now because uh, I like Texas starting right outside the top 10. Now, when the season starts and the Big Ten schools and Pac-12 schools ahead of Texas fall out, Texas will find itself uh, either in the top 10 or right outside of it. Um, and I do think that's where Texas will finish the season. But as of right now, um, the way that Texas finished last season, and I've had to be convinced of this, Taylor. Mm -hmm. The offense, I'm going to say it again, the offense did not evolve. Right. And it struggled and it stammered and stumbled down the stretch, really starting with that Oklahoma game when they got embarrassed, 15 tackles for loss, nine sacks. That offense was completely unprepared. They, OU totally outcoached Texas. And Tom Herman's offense by committee was a disaster in that game. It was a disaster in terms of adjustments against the best defenses that it faced down the stretch. TCU, um, Iowa State, Baylor. Oh, Texas basically got shot out against Baylor. So um, for where Texas finished, how they finished, whatever last impression, and then you take into consideration they still have the four-year starter quarterback, 14, about right. When the Big Ten and Pac-12 schools fall out, they'll be right probably where they should be, which is right uh, you know, in, in, in or just outside of the top ten. Yeah, because right now um, there are four, let's see, one, two, yeah, four schools ranked ahead of Texas that will not be playing seasons. So – that would put Texas at number 10 if you take the Big Ten and the um, Pac-12 schools out of the mix. So, you know, I think I think it's – I don't know if I love this or leave this. I don't know. I mean, it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. I don't know if I would um, put Texas much higher. Uh, I, I feel like just because of the way that last season did kind of play out, you wonder if 14 is a little bit too high, but it's probably right about where it is. So I guess I'll, I'll agree that if the coaches poll and the AP poll got it, you know, I'm going to, I'll probably give them the benefit of the doubt. That's probably the right thing. Yeah. All right, Chip. So we're going to move to the Cowboys here for the final question of love it or leave it. And uh, uh -huh. that is love it or leave it. The Cowboys should pick up Earl Thomas. So this is interesting. Um, I'm there's no bigger Earl Thomas fan uh, than than myself. I love this kid. I mean, he played the saxophone in his high school marching band in his football pads and football games. And he's like Prince. I mean, he plays like five different instruments. He's super talented. I don't know what happened. I don't know what's going on with Earl's personal life, 
And obviously his wife is going to be in court next week for waving a gun at, at Earl and his brother after she found him with some women at a Airbnb. And, you know, Earl says they're doing okay now, but obviously there's some stuff going on in his personal life that caused the Baltimore Ravens to basically say, you know what? We're done. Yeah. I mean, this is, this was a productive player for them last year. Earl Thomas, he had two, two interceptions, forced fumble, recovered fumble, made all kinds of plays on a playoff team. And they just said, not only are we cutting you, we're, we're going to try and fire you and get our guaranteed money back and blame you for conduct detrimental to the team for getting into this fight with Chuck Clark, a fellow safety who called Earl out for freelancing and, and they got burned in a practice and one thing led to another. And then Earl was throwing punches at Chuck Clark. And now ironically enough, Taylor Deshaun Elliott, the Kraken, the Joker Defoe is going to be a replacing Earl in the starting lineup for the Ravens. But your question, I'm going to say, I love this. Mm-hmm. I think Jarrah loves the big splash. Now I don't, I'm, I'm hoping that this is the wake up call Earl needs. I know Earl Thomas, the person from when he was at Texas, that guy is rock solid. Now, if, if he's just not lost his mind, then this should be the wake up call that, that he needs. And, the Cowboys could end up getting a Teran Matthew type player like the Chiefs ended up with last year who helped them win a Super Bowl. I'm not saying Earl Thomas to the Cowboys gets them to that level, but that's a position of need for the Cowboys. I hear ha ha Clinton Dix is not exactly lighting it up for the Cowboys. So I'm going to love this. Come on, Earl. Come on, Cowboys. Let's make this happen. Yeah. Redemption. I agree. I'm going to love this one too. And, and what's, it's weird because as you had mentioned, you know, it, there has to be some other issues going on with him um, behind closed doors. Obviously the situation with his wife, um, you know, that came out from closed doors uh, a number of months ago now, but you know, it's just, he, uh, I just feel like this is such a common thing in, in a preseason training camp for there to be, you know, guys throw blows with each other. I mean, let's be that happened at Texas fall camp last year between Texas players. I mean, this is not new in football. It's just so for them to be pursuing, you know, firing him over it, saying it's conduct detrimental to the team. I mean, for throwing a punch, I'm come on, you know, whether it was wrong or right, I'm not trying to defend, you know, violence or hitting each other, but it's just, this is what goes on in right. training camp. It's commonplace. Yeah, right. exactly. So that tells you, and he'll he'll file a grievance and he'll probably win. Yeah. But this this tells you how much the Ravens wanted to be done with Earl. Right. And you know he'd missed a team flight. He slept through meetings. He missed a couple walkthroughs last year. You know you can't act like you're bigger than the team. And and like I said, hopefully this is the wake up call Earl Earl needs to. You know he's got all the money in the world. He's on his third contract mm-hmm. and he's a hall of fame career he's seven time pro bowler i mean he's got he's got a ring he's he's got a pro football hall of fame career right. so he's only 30 mm-hmm. and and so let's get this thing going with the cowboys let's get some redemption let's make it happen yes i'm right there with you all right well listen um 
we love it. It's uh, I, we could go on for hours, but uh, we know y'all are busy, and we want to leave you wanting a little more. You know, that's what we do around here. The flagship podcast, the fastest growing Longhorns podcast. I mean, we we got you covered. So hey, do us a favor. Our bosses would love it if you'd go over to iTunes and uh, give us a five star rating. Write us a review. Tell us what you like. I mean, only what you like. You know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and then we'll read it on the uh, we'll read it on next week's episode. How's that? So we would greatly appreciate it. And uh, and for Taylor Estes, I am Chip Brown. And for everyone here at the flagship podcast and at Horns twenty four seven, we thank you for listening. And until next week, stay safe and keep the faith. CBS Sunday, after the Equalizer. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. It's the season finale. Everyone's looking for something. Of Tracker. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. How you survive, you make quick, smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker, CBS season finale Sunday after the Equalizer on CBS and streaming on Paramount+.